This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. For more information, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School. This is Knowledge at Wharton on Business Radio. Here's your host, Dan Loney. Earlier this week, tech giant Hewlett Packard announced it was going to split its operations into two separate companies. The company that will still sell personal computers and printers will be HP Inc., while the company aimed at business tech will be known as Hewlett Packard Enterprise. But this is also a company that is cutting back on its personnel as well, announcing more job cuts this week. Emily Feldman joins us. She is Assistant Professor of Management here at the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. Thanks for coming in. Great to have you. Thanks for having me. I guess let's start with the reasons why that Meg Whitman is so fervent behind the, the fact that this is the right time for HP to do this split. Yeah, I think it's I think it's a long time coming. So this company has had a huge evolution by mergers and acquisitions over the years, starting all the way back with DEC and Compaq, the huge acquisition mm-hmm. that obviously everyone knows about, um, and you know continuing on from there. Um, they actually had announced this company had announced that they were thinking about uh, splitting off the PC business back in 2011, right yeah. after Meg Whitman took over. Uh, but that plan was scuttled, and uh, I guess they did some internal reorganization uh, over the past couple of years that finally led this to, led them to this point where uh, they were going to separate the the enterprise business from the from the PC and printing business. So I would imagine that the two businesses are, are seem to be so strong that that making the split, th- there's no concerns of one or the other having any kinds of failure uh, because uh, of the business that they do. Yeah, it's an interesting question. I mean, they're in two fundamentally different lines of business. Sure. There are obviously connections between them, and that was the justification for having you know the old HP, this big company, mm-hmm. combined all together and kept all together over these years, and even for the expansion that they undertook, uh, you know, over over the past decades. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think that's right. I mean, I think that both of the two businesses are kind of equally viable on their own. They're gonna, you know, kind of they they have their different different customers, different businesses, different aims, different purposes, but um, they'll sort of be able to, to function. Um, and I, th- I think that's the whole point of undertaking the spinoff, that these transactions allow companies to create two independent entities that are freestanding and have their own shareholder base, their own investors, uh, their own dynamics, their own drivers, their own strategies, their right. own management. And I guess with the fact that their revenue sources, they're, I believe, both in around the $50 billion range in terms of revenue, uh, they're they're obviously fairly safe from that perspective as well. Yeah, these are these are huge huge companies for sure. Yeah, yeah. One eight four four Wharton one eight four four nine four two seven eight six six. If you'd like to join us uh, in the conversation, uh, so what has changed really in the marketplace then for HP to say, okay, we're going to do this now. Yeah, so I think it's I think it's sort of the the underlying dynamics of of the businesses, right? So I think that you know the enterprise business sort of had its own uh, its own uh, set of operations, its own customers um, that were sort of you know the kind of the the corporate customers that mm-hmm. were sort of distinct from uh, distinct from you know sort of you and I, the consumers who 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 buy you know sort of what we traditionally know as sure. HP products. Um, and I think you know I, I think the different business dynamics, the different growth growth trajectories of those uh, of those of those segments really led them to 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 want to separate. Well, we see HP now that these two have separated, maybe even look to do more 
M&As? Oh, I think so. I think yeah. it's very possible. I mean, already I know that the HP enterprise side of the business, so the, the corporation-facing side of the business, had been uh, sort of thinking about or potentially discussing, I'm not exactly sure, um, a merger with another sort of large enterprise-facing uh, uh, company. You know, for example, like EMC would be one example of, of sure. that kind of uh, that kind of firm. Um, and so, absolutely, I think I think it's very possible that we'll see sort of uh, further transactions once each of the two businesses are separated and operating on their own. How well has has HP been able to hang in in the personal computer segment these days? Because obviously. You know, Lenovo has been making a big push in that area. Apple has had unbelievable success with the, with their uh, tablets and computers as well. And, and HP just kind of you don't hear as much about them anymore, but but they continue to do you know fairly good work. Yeah, I think I think that's exactly right. And I think I think the fact that that market is so competitive, so fiercely competitive, yeah. has led other companies to do sort of similar splits, right? I mean, yeah. think about um, think think about the Lenovo divestiture sure. uh, from the IBM business originally in 2005, right? Yeah. Um, so I, I think um, I think that's a reflection of sort of the the competitive dynamics in that part of the market that make it difficult for um, that make it difficult for for these companies to compete. So I think I think that's definitely right. Right. One eight four four Wharton one eight four four nine four two seven eight six six is the number. Now Meg Whitman is still going to have most of the power. She is going to have people that will basically be running the day to day operations uh, on both segments, but she is still going to be the head honcho for Hewlett Packard. Yeah, I think that actually this this managerial issue that you're raising, especially with regard to Meg Whitman, is one of the most interesting things about this deal to me. So um, exactly right. I mean, she's going to be the CEO of the enterprise business, yeah. but she's also going to retain um, a chairmanship role on the on the PC side of the business, right? So she's going to have exactly like you said, a uh, position in both of these companies. Um, I think it'll be interesting to see, you know, sort of where her priorities lie, I guess, mm -hmm. across the two businesses. Obviously, as CEO of the enterprise business, that's sort of job number one. But, mm -hmm. you know, as a, as a chairman of or a non-executive chairman of the PC business, she obviously has responsibilities there also. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, to the extent that there are any sort of ongoing relationships or conflicts or things like that that yeah. happen across the two companies, especially as they disband, they disintegrate. Um, it'll be interesting to see how they manage that. Um, in my own research, I actually um, have a have a working paper that I've been uh, developing over the past years, uh, talking about what happens when managers and directors have roles in uh, companies that are separated by a spinoff. So mm -hmm. in, in in the parent company and the spinoff company. So this is an exact reflection of of that kind of situation where she's maintaining a position in both of these firms, um, and it'll be interesting to see sort of how the benefits and costs play out across those two companies. What's then the the, the general uh, reading you get so far in doing your research on? on how how it affects the company when you do have you know you're the head of one but you're still also involved in the other. Yeah, so there's there's two points to to emphasize I think. The first is that this typically happens when there are likely to be ongoing relationships mm -hmm. or ongoing uh, sort of similarities between the two companies and I think that's exactly the case here for HP. Right, so you might have um, sort of similar suppliers, similar similar customers across the across the two firms that need to be managed somewhat simultaneously, and so this is why it can be useful to have um, someone who who holds a position in both of the companies. Mm -hmm. um, so I think in terms of the underlying motivation for structuring the management team this way, structuring the board of directors this way. That's sort of a key reason to to think about this. Um, I think the other thing that happens is that. Um, 
when there are differences in power dynamics uh -huh. between the separated companies, that's when things can get a little bit dicey for uh, for for these kinds of structures. When you have a common uh, manager or director across the across the two firms, because then you know exactly when there's a power imbalance, that person has to choose sort of how how to allocate resources, uh -huh. how to how to divide loyalties, all of these uh, all of these issues that might put one firm at an advantage over the other. Um, and so it'll it'll be interesting to see. I don't know exactly now, but it'll be interesting to see sort of how how the dynamics play out across the two, the two companies and you know where she and the other board members uh, end up prioritizing. Is the it, can you get any sense from the fact that she's going to be the CEO of the enterprise business that 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 is the area that potentially she sees as the more important aspect of it right now? in terms of the growth and the potential of other areas to, to kind of branch out in, in comparison to personal computers and printers are, are pretty much a set known quantity. Yeah, I think that's 100% right. I couldn't agree more. I mean, I think I think the fact that she's choosing to be the CEO of the enterprise business says everything that you need to, to know about sort of the two trajectories of these companies. I think it's pretty clear that the enterprise business she views, and I think everyone else views, as sort of the the fast growing, the mm -hmm. high flying part of the business that has, you know, the best likelihood for, you know, sort of this this future uh, fast growth. Mm -hmm. Whereas, as you just said, the PC business is much more of a known quantity. You know, we all buy our printers and our computers and our ink and all these different things. So, you know, it's a much it's a much more stable business, not as fast growing, not as high growing. Um, and I, I think that um, you know there's there's maybe less excitement in that uh, in that uh, in that direction for sure. There's only so much you can do with tablets and and, and PCs. Yeah, I guess. yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so then, in terms of of who stands to benefit the most from this split, do we think that it is the company itself? Is it the shareholders? Because of the fact now, I would imagine there's going to be some sort of you know, stock split where people will be able to have shares in both in both companies because of this. Do we do we have an idea yet, or is it still all kind of playing out? Yeah, I think it's it's playing it's playing out to a certain extent. But I can say a couple of things. So, I mean, first of all, an important point to to emphasize is that the way that spinoffs work is that the existing shareholders in the like the HP that exists right now. Uh -huh. Uh, basically are allocated shares pro rata across the two different divisions. So okay. they'll say, okay, it's three to one. So you'll get three shares in HP Enterprise and one share in the PC side of the company. Okay. Right. So it's exactly the same shareholders. And then they can sort of reallocate um, their investment as they see fit. Okay. Right? So that's how the initial breakup happens. And that's how we create two public companies out of one, right? We do the spinoff and we create basically two different sets of shareholders sure. uh, for the for the two companies. Um, I think from there, it'll be interesting to see sort of how, you know, how things change around, right? So traditionally in the literature, in the academic literature on spinoffs, we see that both both of the companies that are separated in spinoffs tend to do well uh, upon the announcement of the spinoff. So we see sort of a positive stock market reaction sure. to uh, to these transactions from both companies' perspectives. Um, from there, it'll be more contingent on what happens in terms of the underlying um, strategies and growth trajectories and, and um, management of the of the two firms. Sure. So, um, at least at the outset, I think we could see we will see sort of a, a beneficial situation for shareholders. But then it will depend. And, and as we kind of alluded to a little bit ago, uh, Meg Whitman has kind of had this this plan going forward for the last few yeah. years. And 2011, as you mentioned, they talked about spinning off the PC business, but it ended up not going forward. So it seems like you know this has been a process that she knew she wanted to run for quite some time. And it's just gotten to the point now where 
everybody involved feels confident enough where we can split off, have two companies, they can be separate entities, and we can have unbelievable growth going forward. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. I think the other thing that's really interesting and shouldn't be um, sort of neglected is the role of spinoffs in general or the experience sure. of spinoffs in general within this company. So this is a firm that's undertaken a major spinoff in the past, right? So they spun off Agilent, which was um, one of their one of their uh, operating segments, mm -hmm. I believe back in the late 90s. So this is a company that has worked with these kinds of transactions before. Mm -hmm. Also notable is the fact that Patricia Russo is going to be um, sort of on the board of directors of HP Enterprise. Yeah. And this is a woman who's, I think, worked on the, in companies, four yeah. or five companies, Lucent, Avaya, all these companies that are themselves the product of spinoffs as sure. well. Right. So I think that this should give us a lot of encouragement in terms of, you know, this company being able to perform really well uh, after effectuating one of these deals. Just sort of that wealth of experience can help translate into uh, into real gains for, for these companies in so, terms of. So then having Miss Russo in the position that she's in is maybe as important as the actual spinoff itself. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I think that wealth of experience is a huge asset to uh, to to uh, HP Enterprise going forward. Yeah. HP, in terms of the, the, the computer company, has, I, I believe I read about 18% uh, of the marketplace. So I guess the question is now with this spinoff, how do they kind of approach things going forward? Will we see them make a bigger push, more visible in terms of advertising and such to sell more computers? Uh, will their philosophies change any in the next you know five years or so yeah I think that's I think that's definitely a, a great possibility to happen in the sense that you know they were sort of trying to talk to two audiences when they were integrated as a whole company right so they sure. needed to talk yeah. to you and me the consumers who right. might buy the computers but they also needed to talk the business to people. The businesses yeah, yeah exactly and that's two very different audiences so if we think about the PC company you know operating totally separately mm -hmm. they can focus right their managers can focus on talking to the consumers that need to be addressed mm -hmm. Um, as opposed to having to split their split their attention across uh, across across uh, different different audiences, basically. But so, how much level of, of integration will there still be that, the, between the two companies? Now, obviously, there are certain things that they probably will, you know, share back and forth. But will some of that uh, disseminate in some uh, level because of the fact that it. it they will be basically following different paths. Yeah, I think I think you'll, what you'll see is that it will tail off, right? So you'll have sort of um, maybe higher integration as you know, kind, kind of right upon the the announcement or right upon the effectuation of the deal. Mm -hmm. Whereas you know, a year, two years, three years down the line, we're going to see very, very few connections across the across the two companies. And the process of managing, you know, this this uh, the idea of managing this process of disintegration is actually a topic of of real interest to me. Mm -hmm. You know, we talk about things like post merger integration all the time like how do we bring two companies together yeah how do we manage culture clash yeah. how do we how do we deal with management teams how do we do all of these different things yeah. But vastly understudied comparatively is the issue of, you know, sort of post-divestiture disintegration. Sure. Right? How do we how do we break apart two companies? Right. There are all sorts of connections. There's identity based questions. Right. You know, HP a certain way. And mm -hmm. now we're going to have to think about HP in two different ways. Right. So there's an identity component. There are ongoing relationships with suppliers. There are potentially common customers. Um, there are potentially linkages across the management teams. We were talking about this Meg Whitman thing before. Yeah. You know, how does this company actually go about? separating uh, into two different pieces. This is not an obvious process, I think, to undertake. Uh, and it'll be really interesting to see how such a large and high-profile firm manages it. I think I think this is sort of a test case for, for 
a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of companies that we'll see uh, sort of managing these deals going forward. I guess we talk so much about uh, the, the merger, yeah, the, the actual yeah. merger that uh, it's just in some respects maybe forgotten, uh, just assumed. Oh, absolutely. Divestitures are the ugly stepchild. Divestitures yeah. and spinoffs are the ugly stepchild of corporate strategy. Um, they're viewed as failures, acknowledgments of failures. Um, sort of bowing to pressure from investors, from competitors, from all these different things, when in reality they can be used very proactively, as we're seeing in the HP case, to create value for shareholders and to separate businesses that really don't belong together anymore. So So then in in some respects then, this potential move, obviously if they are as successful as we expect them to be, that this has the opportunity to really maybe be a, 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 a land-altering type of decision to make this move because of the fact that, as you mentioned, there's been such a negative strain put on it in the past that if it's so successful, it would be thought more of as a positive move instead of the negative. Yeah, and I think that's reinforced by the recent spate of, of divestiture and spinoffs announcements that we've been seeing, right? Just in the past week and a half, we've had two huge high-profile ones, right? The HP one, the eBay PayPal one. You know, we've been seeing this a lot over the past six months to a year, 18 months even, right? Just tons of companies breaking apart, you know, and we always hear, you know, sort of the statement, oh, you know, the the whole is worth less than the sum of the parts, right? So we want to separate (laughs) out the businesses. We want to have these independent um, parts of the businesses, you know, standing separately. Um, And these deals really allow us to unlock that value. So I think there's some truth to that that statement. And I guess in some respects, the way that that HP operates and their level of operation, the enterprise part is going to be one of the most interesting spots to watch over the next decade or so because of the the growth of, of what businesses want to have in terms of their operations. Absolutely. One eight four four Wharton. One eight four four nine four two seven eight six six is the number if you'd like to comment about the uh, the HP move. Uh, there is obviously also the the issue of the job cuts that that they uh, announced, and they had announced them a while back that it was going to be about four thousand or so. They've added a little bit more. Is this normal part of operations at this point, or should we read in a little bit more than maybe we are into this? Oh, no, I don't think there's much to read into. I mean, as I was saying before, there's sort of been a big restructuring that's gone on within the organization, and I think this is probably just the final capstone in sort of separating separating the two businesses, getting ready to, to create these two independent companies. There's redundancies that need to be eliminated. So I don't think it's anything, anything more than that. Uh, Meg Whitman is really, she has put her own stamp. Yes, on, on HP, and she is she has the potential to leave quite a legacy, doesn't she? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I think it's uh, it's really fascinating, right? So most CEOs, or you know, we th- the way that we traditionally think about CEOs, especially in the academic literature, is you know, what are you going to bring into the company? How are you sure. going to how are you going to grow the firm? Growth is paramount in 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 our world. Mm-hmm. Right. And here it's exactly the opposite. Right. Her legacy is going to be this separation. Right. And I think it's even more salient given the history that the company has followed. Right. I mean, the 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 acquisition sequence that we were talking about before, you know, sort of the fact that it grew, that it bought DEC, that it bought Compaq, that it Mm -hmm. went through this whole series of acquisitions over the years. Um, and really created itself by amalgamating other firms together mm-hmm. um, on top of the existing business that they had. So I, I think I think that's a you know really really interesting legacy and sort of underscores this point about you know sort of the importance of divestitures and the importance of split offs split ups as as um, an avenue for for uh, not only for growth but for sort of CEO impact within firms. And it also brings up the fact that a lot of people have talked about as the fact that this is a female doing this operation as well. And, and obviously we. 
we've seen the growth of, of female CEOs over the last decade or so. But it, it does make a statement towards that as well. Yeah, no, she's uh, she's really she's she's been a huge success and uh, a real inspiration to watch. Yeah, we're looking forward, I, I guess, to to see uh, from the company what their kind of belief structure is in terms of how long this will play out. I mean, I, I would imagine that some of this work has already been going on for you know a month or two in terms of the separation, but. How much further along till we really see HP and HP Enterprise really running on their own? Yeah, so typically it takes a good year. Um, when, you, when you're looking at spinoffs kind of on average, it takes a good year between sort of the announcement and completion of the spinoffs, right? So, you know, at the very outset, we're sort of looking at another year before the thing ultimately kind of goes through and is completed, and the mm -hmm. two companies are trading on their own as independent firms. So I think that's one thing. And then, you know, as we were talking about before, I think sort of the process of disintegrating the companies, of separating them, mm -hmm. um, is likely to go on even further beyond that. So, you know, I think, you know, just as with mergers, right, it can take, you know, you get the initial integration done and it takes some time and, and that's fine. But sort of the process plays out over, you know, the three to five years afterwards, making it important to look at performance over a longer period of time when you're trying to evaluate post-merger performance. Mm -hmm. I think you could say something very similar here that, you know, it's going to take them a good three to five years to really, you know, completely separate the firms, completely sort of have these freestanding companies on their on their own sure. um, before we can really see or before we can really evaluate. Sort of so that. even with a company that big, there is a period of time for them to basically just get their legs underneath them oh, and, for sure. yeah. and, and get themselves up and running. Absolutely. It's yeah. not as it's not as much as a seamless transition as some people might think. I think that's I, yeah, definitely. I think that's right. Yeah. Uh, what are we going to see uh, in terms of HP Enterprise? What's probably the most important thing for, for that company going forward right now? Is it is it the software? Because it seems like that's probably the, one of the areas that that they have the potential for most growth. Yeah, I think it's the software. I think it's I think it's it's that and you know sort of the business side of things, and it's also I think the identity side of things, sort yeah. of establishing themselves as you know we are this part of the HP business, and now you know companies have to deal with us differently than they used to, right? There's there's a whole new set of relationships that have to build up, sure. reputation that has to build up. You know the employer, the employees, all of the different people who work within that firm have to, you know, sort of create create themselves as as a freestanding entity so and all that new letterhead and all the new letterhead <laughs> all the business cards can you imagine <laughs> that they have to produce thanks for coming in emily thank you very much for having me great to have you emily Friedman feldman who is the associate professor of management here at the wharton school talking a little bit about uh, hewlett packard uh, as we mentioned they made the announcement earlier this week uh, that they are splitting into two companies the printers and personal computers will be hp inc a lot of the business tech will be Hewlett Packard Enterprise, and as uh, Emily mentioned, that'll be happening. Uh, it's happening ongoing now, but it'll be happening more and more over the next uh, six months to a year. For more business news and analysis from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.